0: We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. Hi, everyone. It's amazing to be with you this morning on Easter Sunday. I would love for you to turn in your Bibles, if you have one with you, to the book of John chapter 20. Today, we celebrate the greatest day in history, as Tim Hughes tells us in his song, the greatest day in history, death is beaten, you have rescued me, sing it out, Jesus is alive. That's all you're going to get from me. Uh, I'm going to read the rest of the, the lines. The, the empty tomb, the empty cross, the empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive, he's alive. Oh, happy day, happy day. You've washed my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Forever I am changed. Today we celebrate the day that life conquered death, that that light broke into darkness, and that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, I shared the story um, of our, our uh, visa escapade as we were trying to transition from a religious worker visa into it, for us to become permanent citizens. The good news is we are, as most of you know, we are permanent citizens. We are citizens of America. But there was a time when we had to apply for the renewal of our religious worker visa. Our visa initially lasted for three years, and we had to apply for a two-year extension. But it meant me leaving the country and going to Canada, to the capital, to Ottawa, uh, to the U.S. Embassy there to apply for this extension. But it came at the risk of potentially the visa not being extended, and therefore me not being allowed to get back into the country. Uh, On the Monday morning, I went for the interview. The interview went without a fuss, uh, but I wasn't told at the time whether the uh, visa would be extended. I had to come back the next day uh, to receive my passport and hopefully with the visa inside. I lined up on the Tuesday at lunchtime, as I was told, and everyone before me and everyone after me had received their passport and visa. But I was told that there was a problem with mine, and I had to go inside the embassy to wait to speak to an official. It was lunchtime. And I walked, after going through the security checks, I walked into the embassy and sat in an empty room and waited for about 45 minutes to an hour. And in that hour, I faced the very real possibility of not being able to get back into the States and thinking what on earth we were going to do as a family. It was a terrifying and horrific experience. And I did what was probably the most appropriate thing. I began to weep. Revelation chapter 5 describes a scene far more significant and far more uh, 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 frightening than just us losing out on our, on, on our visa. It speaks of this scene where an angel is, is standing before all of creation and he asks this question, who is worthy to take the scroll and to execute on the plan and purpose of God? And his question is met with deafening silence. And for a moment, all of creation, including John, is faced with the very real possibility of, of a world and a life without Jesus as King of Kings, and without the purposes and plans of God being able to be executed upon. Without the reality of Jesus' resurrection, we face that same horror as John did, with the reality, of, uh, with, with the reality that, that, that every evil, including the current coronavirus pandemic, has the final word. Without Jesus' resurrection, we face the reality that this, as it is right now, is as good as it gets. The good news is, in our case, we were issued a visa. After sitting there for about an hour, eventually someone tapped on the window, called me over, and they nonchalantly tossed me my passport and said, sorry, we had misplaced it, we couldn't find it. The even better news is that Jesus is alive. And because of that, we can live lives full of hope. Jesus has won. Jesus has overcome. He has redeemed us. And the day is coming when he will redeem all of creation, which is what uh, is written in the book of Revelation right at the end, uh, in, in, in Revelation chapter 21. It says, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's the certainty that awaits us because of Jesus's resurrection. So with that as the introduction, I would love for us to read the text that I want to focus on this morning from John chapter 20. We're going to be reading from verse 11 through to verse 18 But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to, to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said, said these things to her. For three days... Jesus' friends faced the very real possibility that he had died and would not return. They had heard that the tomb was empty, and after rushing there, they found it exactly as they thought. But verse 10 tells us that they went back to where they were staying, except Mary. Mary stayed at the tomb, and she wept she wept, I think, because she knew that, that if Jesus was dead and had not risen from the dead, her world was over. It was Jesus who had given her hope. It was Jesus who had forgiven her. It was Jesus who had delivered her of, of seven demons. And, and if he was dead, all of that freedom and forgiveness and hope would have died with him. We used to have an old piano in our house that had a few broken keys. And we were able to, well, those that played the piano in our house were able to work their way around it. The, 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 the reason I use that illustration is to say we don't work around life without the hope on the certainty of, of Jesus' resurrection. The hope of a, of a preferred future because Jesus has ra- was raised from the dead. Life without hope in the reality that Jesus is alive is no life at all. And that's why Mary wept. But Jesus asks her the question Woman, why are you crying? And she, she, she's, she's thrown by that question and she begins to kind of think through what she must say. Where, where is he, she asks. What, what, what happened to him? What can I do? Mary is overwhelmed by, by doubt and by, by uncertainty and by unanswered questions. But instead of answering those questions, instead of settling the doubt and instead of settling the uncertainty, Jesus speaks to her and calls her by name, Mary Mary. Perhaps you can identify with Mary's doubt and uncertainty and being overwhelmed by unanswered questions. And if so, I want to invite you this morning to quieten your heart and to listen to Jesus calling you by name. It's closeness with him. It's intimacy with him. It's time in his presence. It's time in his word that is able to to lift the uncertainty and and to fill us with the love of God that drives out every fear. A gentleman by the name of Francis Spufford in his book Unapologetic writes so beautifully and poetically the scene that I've just read from John chapter 20. I want to read a few lines from his book. Early Sunday morning, one of the friends came back with rags and a jug of water and a box of grave spices that are supposed to cut down on the smell. She's braced for the task. But when she comes to the grave, she finds that the linen has been thrown into the corner and the body is gone. Evidently, anonymous burial isn't quite anonymous enough, after all. She sits outside in the sun and begins to weep. She takes no notice of the feet that appear at the edge of her vision. Then Jesus says, Don't be afraid. Far more can be mended than you know. I absolutely love that last sentence. Far more can be mended. That you then you know there is there is no situation there is no circumstance that we face either collectively as a people or individually that is beyond the reach of God and His ability to redeem and transform that situation through the power of the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus' resurrection, death has been defeated. Resurrection day has been transformed into, into redemption into redemption day. It was the day in which the world turned, the day in which hope won, the day on which guilt and shame and condemnation is removed from anyone who is in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 tells us there is, therefore, there is now, now, in this moment, in this circumstance, in this situation today. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. At our Good Friday service on Friday night, I invited us to consider various aspects of the cross from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. I invited us to consider the surprise of the cross and the substitution that takes place at the cross and the silence of the cross. And lastly, I hinted at the reality of what we are celebrating today, and that is the spoils of the cross. And they are end too endless and, and too vast to mention. But I do want to hone in on this one of condemnation. The reality, the, the unfortunate reality that too many of us live under the, under the effects, under the feeling, under the experience of condemnation, when in fact we have been set free from that because of what Jesus has done on the cross. I love watching rugby. It's one of the, my favorite sports. Uh, um, and what's interesting about rugby is if a player commits a, a, a terrible foul, um, the, the, the referee has the option to either send him off permanently or to which is a red card or to issue him a yellow card which means he goes off the field for a period of time i think it's around 10 minutes the place that the player goes to is literally called the sin bin i kid you not that's what it's called the player is sent off to the sin bin it's a place of it's it's, it's a place of scorn it's a place of shame it's a place of condemnation and it's a place for the wrath of all the spectators either at the ground or sitting on their sofas to to heap abuse at that player who is standing in the sin bin. The Bible also teaches us that there is a, a sin bin that is full of God's righteous and justifiable wrath because of the sin that we have committed, the sin of humankind. That sin should be poured all over me. I have a bucket full of, a basket full of trash. There's an old water bottle, some, some paper, some disposable gloves that I've been wearing, some, some candy wrappers, maybe too many of these that I've been eating recently. Let this be an example, an illustration of the, of the righteous and justifiable uh, uh, wrath of God against the sin of, of humankind. Ordinarily, this sin, this God's wrath should be poured out on you and me because of the sin we have committed. But by God's incredible mercy and grace, God uh, uh, pours out His wrath on Himself in Christ Jesus. So the next time I go to condemn myself, I look into the sin bin and I realize it is completely empty. It has been emptied of the wrath of God. And that's why it says in Isaiah chapter 53, through what he experienced, through what Jesus experienced, the righteous one will make many righteous ones. Or as Paul says so plainly in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does all of this mean? If you are in Christ, you can, in fact, I'm going to say, if you are in Christ, not you can, but you must live this way. And I'm going to list three ways that we should live. And before we moved to America, I was told by other Americans, never tell an American he must, he or she must do something. But I'm telling you today, if you are in Christ, you, you must firstly live a life of hope. You and I have been raised with Christ Because we are found in him and we are therefore seated in heavenly places. That's the certainty and the reality of where we are in Christ. And that should change the the way that I live here on earth. The banner over me is no longer death, it is life. Death has been erased over my life and in permanent ink, life has been written and declared. And so I want to encourage you, if you are in Christ, live. You must live with hope and let the, therefore let the word of God and the, the power of God's presence declare life over you. Secondly, if you are in Christ, you, you must live with faith. Faith, because death is defeated, because the, 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 the power and the, and the strength of death has been defeated, then all the, the lesser villains no longer need to have influence in my life or your life. Fear no longer has a place because death is defeated. Doubt no longer has a place because death is defeated. The lies of the devil about the character of God, about the certainty of his promises, about the consequences of who I am in Jesus, those lies have no place in our hearts or minds at all. By faith, I can live in the reality of the resurrection here and now. I can enjoy intimacy with God. I can enjoy a life of simplicity with Him. And I am free to worship Him and to obey everything He asks me to do. I can obey Him because I know Him. And because I know Him, I love Him. And because I love Him, I trust Him. If you are in Christ, you must live a life of hope. You must live a life of faith. And then thirdly, you must, we must live a life of worship worshiping Jesus for who he is and what he's done on the cross and through his resurrection. But there's an invitation for you too if you are not in Christ or you you haven't been living as one who is in Christ. My encouragement to you today is an invitation, an invitation for you to surrender your heart to Jesus. An invitation for you to cry out to Jesus and to invite him into your heart this morning. I want to encourage you to take a few moments to do that. If you do not follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, or if you know that you've walked away from God, I want to invite you today to take a few moments just to quieten your heart before him and then to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Would you come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior? I end this morning with this incredible, these incredible two verses from Ephesians chapter three as we as we celebrate the reality of jesus 's resurrection from the dead. never doubt god 's mighty plan to work in you and accomplish his purposes. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you now we offer up to god all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through jesus christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity amen father we offer up this morning to you the glorious praise that rises up from each of our lives from each of our homes from each of our families from Anthem Church and from churches across the city and nation that exalts the name of Jesus. We offer up glorious praise for who you are and for the incredible things that you have done in and through the person of Jesus, your son. Jesus, thank you that you paid the ultimate price, that you were willing to die on the cross for our sins. But we celebrate that but, and thank you for your resurrection power. We thank you that you defeated death and with it ensured that we can have intimate relationship with the Father. We thank you as well Lord God that your word says that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us and I pray Lord God that where there are areas of death where there are areas of sickness where there are even areas perhaps of separation from us to you I pray the resurrection power of Jesus would 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 uh, would move powerfully in our hearts and lives and we would see healing we would see wholeness we would see freedom And we would see joy released across the city today. We love you. We worship you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.